Welcome to AgTech 360, where we take a 360-degree view into emerging agriculture technologies of today and tomorrow. Our host, Adrian Percy, helps us to create robust dialogue among stakeholders in academia, industry, and extension, including researchers, growers, producers, and the overall agriculture sustainability community. AgTech 360 is brought to you by North Carolina State University, CIRSA, the Center of Excellence for Regulatory Science in Agriculture, and the Southern IPM Center. This is Adrian Percy with AgTech 360, and today I'm absolutely delighted to have with me Aidan Colony, who's someone I've known for a couple of years now, and uh, who has a variety of different roles. Uh, he is CEO of Cantus, and we're going to talk a little bit about Cantus. It's a company that mixes machine learning, artificial intelligence, and cows, which is an interesting combination. Um, he's also president of Agritech Capital. He's a member of Forbes Technology Council. He's an author of the book 2143. So welcome, Aidan. Thanks so much for your time. Cheers, Adrian. Uh, really is a pleasure. You're an advisor, I know, to a number of companies, a thought leader through Forbes and other activities, an investor, but also a business leader with Kenton. So you're really juggling a whole host of different activities, a lot of them which are in the ag tech arena. What's the commonality between all of these different roles that you're working on? Yeah, I've always thought of a triangle. And within that triangle, you obviously have technology, you've got food and agriculture and feeding the planet. So from my perspective, trying to find a way to marry all of those three corners of the triangle is the key. It does mean that sometimes I'm with startups mentoring them. It sometimes means that we're helping with people I know to raise the seed capital that they need to go and scale their business. Sometimes it's making introductions at a business level to people who could help them scale the business to the next level. And then I've also obviously been involved with larger corporations where they're trying to get their head around uh, what they're doing. When I first started Agritech Capital in Wilmington, I actually got a phone call from the British government saying they were trying to know what could Agritech look like, what could that ecosystem look like post-Brexit in the UK market. So um, it's been an exciting ride the last two to three years, getting really more deeply involved in these sectors. And I think North Carolina obviously is extremely well positioned to take advantage of that. How long have you been working in this sector? I think it's a fair few years now. And how did you actually get into food and ag? I mean, do you have an agriculture? cultural background yourself from your origins in Ireland, or is it something else that kind of got you involved? Well, most Irish people uh, are said to be one generation from the land or two. I'm pretty extraordinary that we couldn't find any farmers in our background <laughs> for at least three or four generations, uh, maybe even further. I was in the family of a founder who'd moved to Lexington, Kentucky, of all places, and set up a business which was originally based around distilling and brewing, but pivoted, as I think the phrase is nowadays, into agriculture and became a multi-billion dollar company. So that company, Alltech, when I joined them, was a 23 three, $24 million a year turnover. And uh, about a short 28 years later, it had grown to $2.4 billion. That was my connection with agriculture. Naturally enough, with the background I had, they put me on a farm on week one. In this case, uh, working with cows, sheep, beef cattle, turning feed and silage over to uh, make sure it was fresh. When I put a pitchfork through my toe on day number two, everybody laughed at me and saw, but um, apparently that's a rite of passage as well. <laughs> 
I would only uh, say in my own defense that um, having got in at that level, I really spent an awful lot of time learning the business and learning from farmers, learning from producers, how they think, what they think, even doing sales calls, doing research on farm, meeting at conferences and eventually staying at farmers' homes. I think I've gone through a PhD in farming in the last 30 years. If I can call it ag tech, you know, livestock and ranching and how the ag tech sector is driving innovation in that area, because, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, arable and horticultural and different types of technologies which are aiding sustainability and, you know, advancing efficiency in those areas, but not so much around the animal side of things. And I'm just curious, I mean, how do you see that kind of subsector within this kind of broader effort right now kind of evolving? Is there a lot of capital being invested also in those types of technologies? Yeah, it's a deep frustration of mine being based in North Carolina, not just Adrian with your podcast, but <laughs> but also with uh, the endeavors of people I meet at the universities, people I meet in the industry, that a tremendous focus in North Carolina is on crops and crop tech and crop technologies. And yet we are the center for uh, Smithfield, the world's largest uh, hog producer, swine producer, pig producer, depending on what language you're speaking, tremendous center for turkey production. We've got Tyson Foods, JBS, involved, obviously, in the production of broilers. We've got some big egg producers. When I think of turkeys and hogs, I'm thinking of Prestige Farms. I'm thinking of Goldsboro Milling. So you have these companies here really committed to livestock production. And yet, I don't think we think about livestock tech when we think about startups coming through the research triangle. Of course, you can only help startups if there are startups. So uh, it is also for the startup community to turn their, their eyes towards it. But huge opportunities in livestock production in North Carolina. At the moment, globally, it's fair to say the resources and, as you know, the money being raised tends to be more in crop tech still. There are a variety of reasons for that. I think the scale of technology and the ability to get in with large growers and large producers is there. It Probably it's still $3 being raised for crop tech for every dollar that's being raised on livestock tech. But the last 12 months, we've started to see that shift. And I think the livestock tech area is attracting more and more money as well as people think about the potential for sustainability plays, welfare plays, efficiency plays in milk, meat and eggs. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think of some of the technologies. I mean, as you look across the sector, you've mentioned a couple of areas like animal husbandry, I guess, and efficiency, sustainability, and you know, a lot of talk now around you know the contribution of mitigation factors that can come in agriculture to reducing greenhouse gas emissions and these types of things. Are those the areas that you're seeing the livestock tech companies emerging in this sector or are there other areas as well that you know, you think justify investment. Definitely, Adrian. I think that we're looking at livestock tech, let's say, has to start usually by addressing productivity issues. That's important because it gives you traction with producers. It's also important because it makes food affordable. Many of us don't think about affordability of food, but you only have to see how many people are not getting enough food, not getting enough nutrition, not just globally, but even here in the United States. I think that the climate change question, fairly or unfairly, is being absolutely focused on, on livestock, in particular beef and dairy. And there are some solutions nutritionally that we're discussing, but I'm not sure if those are long-term solutions. I think digital tech provides a, a greater opportunity to try to resolve some of those challenges. Welfare, consumer preferences, what I like to call the prosumer 
consumer movement of proactive consumers looking for greater traceability of where their food comes from, absolutely, that's a huge factor as well. But I'd say so productivity, environmental concerns, and then the prosumer concerns, those are three that these digital technologies in particular, but technology in general could really be helping to resolve. And then I guess very close to home for you personally, CEO of Cantus. Can you tell us a little bit about the company and what the goals are and what kind of technologies you're working on? Cantus is the corner of your eye in Latin. Obviously, the founders had a lot of time to think about this because they put AI, artificial intelligence, into the middle of that word to make Cantus. Cantus effectively installs cameras into barns. Today, it's primarily of dairy cows. It watches the dairy cows and watches their feed. Mightn't seem that revolutionary, but you know how else would you be able to see at two o'clock in the morning whether feed was delivered or not, whether certain parts of the bunk are empty. And consistency of feed is very important for milk production, feed efficiency, so how much feed it takes to make the milk, and even through to, again, back to this climate change concern. Similarly, behavior of the cows, are they lying down? Are they really lying in their bed? Are they kind of lying in their bed? Has a huge impact on their carbon footprint, productivity of that cow, because her maximum digestion is when she's fully lying down. Standing time, out of pen time, drinking time, all of these are metrics that we're starting to measure by using cameras, digitizing the imagery or the pictures, and then using artificial intelligence to interpret it. I mean, we've already seen very large improvements in milk productivity. We're translating some of those metrics into what that means in carbon footprint per cow. And a number of food companies also asking us to help them with some of their auditing trails to show what's happening on the farm. So just tremendous opportunities initially, as I say, in those ruminant beef dairy species. But uh, I see hogs, turkeys, chickens, layers producing eggs, all of these, even through to some of the work we see being done in aquaculture down here in Wilmington, all of these potentially are applications for this type of camera vision meets AI systems. Yeah. So as you say, like a lot of animal types which are of high relevance to North Carolina, hog production and other things. So you've mentioned you would like to see more investment in the livestock tech area in North Carolina, but I know you are also involved in companies way beyond livestock in this area. So how do you see the kind of ecosystem here? What is the the current state? from your perspective and where perhaps is it moving towards? Yeah, I got involved with one startup in North Carolina, Harp. They've got a natural herbicide, has the potential to be used in conjunction with traditional chemical-based systems, maybe addressing resistance when that occurs and has the potential to be used in organic systems. So that to me is a very clear case of a, a tremendous opportunity. The founders also had a second company which had a chemical, which also looked really interesting because we have to feed the world by maximizing crop growth. I've been working with a company out of MIT that's analyzing milk using novel sensors and light systems to detect milk fat, milk protein, and even somatic cells. I have helped many, many other companies. I'm talking to two more in North Carolina at the moment. Look, I think the starting point always with startups is what are they starved for? Starved for cash, starved for contacts, starved for context. By context, I mean understanding how the technology is going to fit within the business. And that's what I'm very open to doing. I'm very active on LinkedIn and Twitter and other things, but I try to use it and keep my door open for anybody that wants advice or suggestions and see if I can help. And if that involves directly continuing afterwards, great. And if not, but you know, you see companies like Harp coming through in the crop sector and there, there are many others, as you know, successfully entering crop protection, pest control, the microbiome of the soil. 
why not the microbiome of the animal, which is just as important? Why not addressing issues such as continued removal of antibiotics from livestock production, which I think we're doing a great job of doing, but we need to continue with the productivity gains. And there's so much that could be done by even measurements of stress and weight estimations and water consumption in all species. That's where the great opportunities lie. As you say, some great opportunities in the livestock area, but I mean, it's great to hear you, you know, working across the sector in such a broad fashion. What are the things that are really getting you excited? I mean, I know you're very active on LinkedIn and articles through Forbes and other things. I mean, where are the areas of focus that you're focused on, if you like, right now? Very open for most things. Livestock, uh, that, that terrible phrase that we use, but unfortunately accurate, it's the least digitized sector. That's probably the thing that I think about most. That said, gene editing, vaccines, things to do with the microbiome, we may, I mentioned already, so novel probiotics, those are of interest. Feed additives is obviously an area that I was very involved in. Natural feed additives continue to be. Uh, what can we do for crops to maximize crop production? Uh, different, maybe not just some of the traditional plant species, the corn, the beans, but also some of the things we're not always thinking about, even through perhaps to cotton. We have big, big issues we're trying to solve. We continually talk about this uh, challenge of producing more food on the planet. I don't need to repeat that. Doing so more sustainably, we hear about that every day. There are amazing technologies coming through. You even think of what we could do to piggyback in the vaccine development uh, in the COVID generation. Amazing things we could do with food production and agriculture. And frankly, um, I'm open to helping anybody that wants to help make that a Aidan, thank you so much. It was really good to have you on. All those broad perspectives. And yeah, thank you again. Thank you, Adrian. AgTech360 is a product of North Carolina State University, SIRSA, the Center of Excellence for Regulatory Science in Agriculture, and the Southern IPM Center. This episode was produced by Kayla Pack Watson with host Adrian Percy and Center Director Dr. Denatia Seth Carley. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AgTech360 and send us questions and comments to agtech360 at gmail.com. With AgTech360, we take a 360-degree view inside emerging agriculture technologies that matter. Thanks for listening.